let's talk about it. Hello and welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaining, feedism, and everything in their orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim, so let's get into it. Today we're welcoming back to the show, we're welcoming back Eric, and we are also welcoming for the first time his husband, Drew. Hi. Hi. How are you both today? Pretty good. It's it's hot here in Arizona, so we're spending our time either in the air conditioning or in the water, in the pool. I envy that. I, I live in Ohio, where obviously it's not as hot, but I mean, it still gets pretty damn hot here, at least in the upper 80s, sometimes the lower 90s. And I don't own a pool. <laughs> and my backyard is far too small to install one. So I'm jealous of anybody that has a pool. And you have that Ohio humidity in yeah. central, in the middle of America. So yeah, yeah. you poor thing. Bless your heart. <laughs> Living in the UK, unfortunately, courtesy of global warming, that humidity is coming to bite us all in the arse because we have humidity, unprecedented heat, and buildings with no air conditioning, but they are built with heat-retaining cladding that does make it hotter inside than it is outside. So that is not fun. Uh, But hey-ho, we are theoretically approaching autumn. Just haven't spoken to Jesus in a while. I just like to utter him a new prayer every now and again these days, just praying for autumn and praying that it comes. You got at least two more months to go, huh? Because <laughs> September is now is usually as hot as August anymore. <sighs> well, yeah, we're we're still approaching the th- triple digits in October a few days every now and then. So <laughs> disgusting, disgraceful, dishonorable. That's that's all I have to say about that. But uh, you two. You two are adorable. Now, dear listeners, you haven't you haven't visualized them yet, and of course we will get the socials at the end of the episode so that you all can uh Google store these adorable boys, but y'all two are married. We are. As of uh December 31st of last year. Oh we got married on New Year's. Yeah. Oh, oh that's sweet. Was it so what was the motivation for that particular date? Does like the concept of New Year's hold a special relevancy to y'all, or was there something else about it? No, we, uh, Drew proposed, and uh, it was over a year later when we finally got married, but the, um, the we just were trying to find a date that was, you know, we were going to be over in North Carolina anyway, and so we're like, let's do it around the holidays, but not Christmas, and New Year's Eve, let's do a New Year's Eve party, you know, and that was sort of how it, it worked out. It was fun. Yeah, so I proposed over, um, I proposed at the beginning of July, right in the middle of the pandemic. So 2021. Mm. Um, and we all know how we all know the wedding, the weddings that got canceled and rescheduled in um, during the pandemic. I think every a lot of people have ha- have heard of or at least experienced it in some form or fashion. And we were trying to get on I think we wanted to get a little bit more on the tail end to be a little bit more respectful for people that were trying to have their weddings in like 2020 and 2021 and weren't able to. Um, so we wanted to have it towards the, we wanted to have it kind of at the end, but you know, we know that COVID's still a thing. Mm-hmm. It, it will forever be, it, it will be a forever thing. And his timing of proposing was 
it was the first year, you know, 2020 was the first time I hadn't been with my family over the Christmas holiday. And so I was sort of down. And so by the time July of 2021 rolled around, that was the first time we were, we were actually traveling home and I was going to get to see my family in over a year. Um, and that, that had been the longest stretch that had been, you know, not seeing anybody face to face. And so, uh, when we were home, he's decided that was the, uh, the right time for, uh, it was 4th of July weekend or 4th of July week. Okay. So. Well, that's really cute. I'm going to ask, you know, the sort of very typical white woman question here, which was, oh my God, how did you propose? Like, tell me, please. Because I, I, I want to hear, I'd like to hear the story. Please tell us, how did the proposal go down? I think it'd be fun to have both perspectives. Go, go first, Eric. You want me to go first. Okay. So <laughs> we, we casually discussed it, um, you know, several times over the years and especially during the pandemic when we were just stuck in the house, just the two of us and had nothing else to talk about, you know, we talked all the subjects out. But uh, I didn't know when, we didn't know where, you know, like we hadn't really gotten that that much out of it. And But I told him, I'm like, I'm not going to be the one to propose because I wanted him to be the one. <laughs> and so I, you know, we sort of left it there and a package arrived while we were in the middle of um, doing a renovation at the house and it was chaotic and there were workmen going everywhere. And one of them came in and said, you know, the, the delivery guy needs to speak with you. And it turned out he just didn't want to hand the package to somebody who didn't live there. But um, I opened it instinctively, and then I realized it wasn't my package. Uh, it had his name on it, so I didn't look in it. I just put it on his desk in his office. Turns out those were the rings. <laughs> and I almost ruined the whole thing. But um, like I said, we, got, he, we were back home visiting my family, and he was trying to get a time when we were in this special location that's in this place that we like to visit and the weather just wasn't cooperating. And so at the end of the week, every time my family gets together for a, um, like our summer, whatever we're gonna do, beach trip or whatever it was this year, it was just a trip in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, we like to take a family portrait. And uh, so we were all dressed up, ready to go. And we were, went to this other spot that you know was gonna cooperate with the weather. And we had taken all of our pictures, our different groupings with my brother and his family. And then it was just the two of us. I was like, we've already taken our pictures. What is this about? And then Drew pops the question. <laughs> so, and, that, and we got lots of pictures and everything because, you know, we were already there ready with a camera. It's funny how we, um, it's, it's funny how we, how we recollect things differently because I, I personally had totally forgotten about the rings being delivered during that bathroom renovation we had to have, um, like that, that, that is not a part of my, my recollection of the story whatsoever. So it was it, it, like, it was cool to, it's cool to hear that, but, um. Yeah, I worked for I worked for a couple of months actually on on setting this up. We had one particular I wanted I wanted to do it on the top of one particular mountain in North Carolina that holds like some significance for Eric. However, it was raining. So and we were supposed to do it one day, we weren't able to do it that day. Like I had I had it all I had everything planned and 
everything that I had planned didn't happen. Nothing, nothing, nothing on that day. Even the day didn't happen. But um, my favorite, my favorite part of the entire day was forcing my now, my now niece and nephew, who were eight, or, seven, or, no, uh, um, no, uh, ten and twelve. Um, yeah, I forced them to not say anything and i had to like take them i had to take them downstairs and take them outside to say hey i'm going to do this with uncle eric and i need your help um i need you to not say anything and they're like oh my gosh we get to keep a secret we get to keep a secret this is the this is the greatest day ever um and their their excitement got me so excited to to ultimately to ultimately you know pop pop the question um it was all under the guise of a family photo we just needed to find the right we needed to find the right time of day and it ended up being totally perfect we got a great we got great pictures there was a pretty sunset that happened behind the clouds that you know it's totally serendipitous and you can only get like you can the picture doesn't even do it justice it's the moment that that i will you know forever kind of cherish and it it, it made me happy it was it was a happy experience that's so that's really nice to hear i mean i i i I don't know i don't know many like I, i know gay couples that get married but i feel like the majority of the couples I know that got married were the couples that were waiting for gay marriage back when that wasn't so much of a thing. And so it's kind of like the the joy of their marriage and that relationship is also consummated by the law that inevitably gets changed. And, you know, that is a victory and a celebration. But I don't know, just getting to hear just the freedom to love, the freedom to find the right moment and, like, the cute things that make up that moment, I, I think those are great. And I just don't feel like we get to hear very many of those stories. So thank you both for sharing your your sides of that. Um, to take it back a step, though, how did you two originally meet? We met on Growler. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was Pride weekend, and I was we were both living in Charlotte at the time, Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, Drew. I just sent that you know the winky emoji and we got to chatting and he's like i'm having a party you want to come over and i'm like i'm not going to crash your party and he said it's pride you're not crashing anything and so i went over and walked into this house uh and two people that i didn't know were standing there and they're like hello and uh i was like i'm looking for drew is he live here and oh yeah he's in the back so he's in the backyard so I went out there and that's the first time we saw each other in person was in his carport <laughs> in the back of his house <laughs> and a bunch of folks were around. So, but then we went down to the pride festival and there was a, a concert. I don't know if you know the, the artist cupcake, um, okay. but it's, yeah, it cupcake was mm-hmm. the, the feature on that night on the main stage. So our first date was at a cupcake concert. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of fierce. That's kind of, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. We came out swinging with that relationship. I mean, <laughs> like we can't. I came out swinging with that. Was shooting my shot. Oh my gosh. Um, I set that standard. I sent 
you know, one of those standard boilerplate, hey, you're cute, or it may have actually been Wolf. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what it actually was. My second favorite part of the weekend that that all that that all happened was Eric um, not showing up to the brunch that I had made him that Sunday morning before the actual before the march. Um, and mind you, we had known each other for like twelve full hours, so you know we'll we'll t- we'll take a. I will. I will give him. I will. I will go. I will be lenient on him. But um. Well, you might be. I won't. Really? Why weren't you there, Eric? Yeah. What, what was so important well, that you couldn't show up to the brunch? Oh, for being for being lenient, you sure do like to bring it up all the time. <laughs> but no, it, it was. I, I feel we, attacked. We were, no, we were meeting a group of people to get our spot for the parade. He, he said March, but it was a parade. And we were trying to jockey for good real estate to view the parade. And so I was supposed to meet somebody at one of the restaurants downtown just to grab a beer before the thing. And he's always late and he was early this time. And so I had to sit, I did not know he was planning. He, we were going to get breakfast and I didn't know he was cooking. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> instead of just meeting for breakfast, why don't you just meet us over here at the bar and we'll have, you know, get something like a Bloody Mary or something. He didn't tell me that I had ruined anything until much later. <laughs> wow. Nothing, nothing was ruined. It, it was all, it all happened exactly how it should have happened. So. Absolutely, because y'all are here, y'all are married, y'all are looking cute and gorgeous, sat here in separate rooms for the sake of this recording, which is very responsible <laughs> both for that. Uh, but that's freaking adorable. And besides, uh, Eric, a man who'll cook you food, uh, again, is wet dream. Like, 12 hours in and he's like, I will procure food for you. That is very much... And he didn't know at that point. Uh, coming out as a gainer was... Um... A little later and by accident i had not planned on revealing that part about me as early on as it did What's uh, but i how how far into the relationship were you what was walk us yeah that. so drew just to be clear here you are a civilian correct that is correct yes i am a civilian i called myself I, I would call myself community adjacent but you know in the in the community we know civilian yeah no, that's fabulous. I mean, like Eric, walk us through like the re- the reveal, <laughs> the, the, the Sasha Velour when... style thing where you took off your your long haired wig and chicken wings fell out. You know, uh, walk us through the story. So I was maintaining a profile on Grommer and also obviously on Growler because that's where we met, and I had taken I had written you know you have to write a little something about yourself and I. I copied and pasted some of it from Grommer and pasted it into Growler. And there was, I don't even remember what I said, um, but it, it gave it gave it away. Uh, and Drew, he was like, what's this about? And I was like, oh, shit. And um, we talked about it and he's like, no, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I just, you know, glad to know. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a relief that you do not know now because that was going to be a, a moment you know but i don't know when or where or how i was planning on doing it you never you know because my my previous serious relationship was with another um gainer in the community and so you know 
It's really interesting to know. I mean, uh, from your perspective then, Drew, had you encountered gainers before? Had you dated any? Did you did you even know about the concept? Walk us through that. Yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. Um, I have, for almost as long as I can remember, um, I've been, at least since I've been, you know, visibly out, I came out when I was 15. Um, and I have always been a part of the Chub Chaser community. Um, and we're talking, you know, we're talking, you know, being a little kid and finding out, finding out about bigger city or bear mythology or, you know, some of these old school, you know, some, some, some older platforms and mm. being a part I've in, in my experience, being a part of that platform opens you up to additional platforms and subsets of the community that involve bigger people. And so I've always known, um, maybe not necessarily the terminology. And I think it's way more, um, I think people are way more open and kind of honest about their relationships with food and gaining. So I've always been a, um, I've always, I've always considered myself a, um, a chub chaser and I will send I will send y'all a spicy tea picture of when I worked at an all male underwear store, when I was a rail thin twink, um, like five, seven, one thirty, And oh. now I am uh, honestly, I'm probably like five, six and a half now because like <laughs> this weight has just pushed my spine, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'm now two thirty. So there was an excess of a hundred, a hundred pounds on me. And I have always, you know, when I got my first, you know, quote unquote, big boy job after uni, I ended up going, you know, I ended up just having to travel a lot for work. And with that came expensive dinners and I just gained a whole bunch of weight. And I was like, this is, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this vibe. Um, I really enjoy the, you know, kind of moving from a chaser into a chub for chub. And it was, I, I was feeling it. I, I didn't fight it. Um, and also, but I also never made it my, it, it never, um, I never found it like exciting or enthralling to physically, gain weight it just happens and i was totally cool and i was totally fine with it but i you know in my experience i never you know made it i never wanted to in intentionally gain however i did i knew you know all about the community so when eric you know when eric said his you know maybe his heart dropped a little bit or he got that pit in his stomach i mean he was he eric was talking to somebody that had that had actually known about the community for well over you know almost 15 years so it wasn't a huge shock um and I, it wasn't a i wasn't you know put off by it i was i you know i ended up it ended up being totally fine and really for for me and i know that eric has Eric may have a different opinion on this, but for me, it wasn't something like, oh, this is a non-starter. Like, we can't even go further because of this. 
um, I was like, oh, cool. I've never, I had never dated a gainer before. I had never, you know, I don't really know much about the community. I know that it exists. Similar reaction from my boyfriend when I told him, like he knew that uh, he knew that that was a thing out there in the world, but he had never like spoken to someone about it in any kind of intimate way. And um, same thing. He was just very like, oh, okay. You know, and almost like, what do you want for dinner? Like, you know, just a real casual, like, oh, okay. And I, it's it's funny because I think most of us um, that want to gain, we kind of build up this fear of rejection because it's a subversive thing to do. And we're afraid that like, if we tell the person we love that like, by the way, you're going to see me put on weight as this relationship goes on, you're going to see me go from like, maybe I was, you know, 180 when you met me, but I have plans to be 300. And it can be very intimidating because you're you're constantly afraid that your partner is going to turn to you and go, you know what? I thought I was okay with this, but I'm really not. You know, so it's always great to hear that you know, people are a lot more open minded than we um, than we think they are. And I've, I've I've said this before on the show, and I and James, you and I have talked about this. People don't actually give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> like it's really not that big deal. <laughs> Um, you know, some people do, and and they're kind of easy to spot. You usually find out very quickly who's shallow. So, no, absolutely, it's amazing how how much fear there is, and it does make sense. Ultimately, like that fear is not rooted in nothing. It's rooted in an observation of a fat phobic society. It's rooted in the observation of a fat phobic queer culture that stipulates if you're not trying to lose weight if you're not trying to be the thinnest or at the very least muscular then you're a failure you're not deserving of anything go away this is not for you so it makes sense that we have that fear but it's always incredible to hear these stories and i feel like the more people who come onto our show and as people talk about their relationships and they talk about civilian partners and people being open and accepting or at the very least neutral you know i think gives people more confidence to know that there is the possibility of finding someone out there like that though of course eric fuck you you found like the absolute most like gunning for it civilian that you could have possibly found so drew <laughs> hi hello if you have any clones send them all our way please and thank you the community will love you for it um but it's wonderful <laughs> about that celebration of size and even you yourself sharing similar to similar to a typical gainer you were smaller you are now bigger but you know you don't necessarily share that same sexual inclination that a gainer does but this is something i've said a little bit especially in recent months you know i do feel like the concept of what we would consider the gaming community could probably do with expanding its borders ironically and literally um to include people such as yourself because i think when you acknowledge how many cultures there are that center food as a form of love and therapy that really uh, celebrate the sort of comfort of shape and size and the homeliness of it and relationships and family and all those bits and pieces that tend to coat hang off the coattails of that i i just think an appreciation for size is quite a lot more expansive than what gaining maybe makes it out to be you know i've said this before gainers often act like gaining is an island in the middle of the ocean we are alone no one can possibly understand us when in actual fact we're at the beach and everyone's fat in their speedos having a barbecue and drinking beer and having an amazing time. So it's great to hear. So and I, you know, I, I agree. I agree with that. And, but you know, James, like you, like you mentioned, we have, we as a society have, you know, you know, unironically boxed ourselves in with 
um, the standard these standards of beauty that are just completely unattainable and what we consider what not what I consider classic beauty because you classic beauty you must be over 250 pounds for me like minimum um oh there was online who was like if you ain't too fitty you ain't gonna get this kitty and I was like yes yes you better do like I need a man that could honestly put me in the ER if he saddled me incorrectly that's the kind of vibe we're going for you know Eric uh Eric myself and two of our friends we actually have a we have a group chat that's called too fitty you must be too fitty to ride that's fabulous I love that <laughs> I love it and, and like I say there's this celebration of size of shape and you know the thing I want to kind of go into next is really asking you both how you know, and marriage aside, your relationship, how the experience of being with each other has compared and how it contrasts to people you've been with in the past. So uh, a little bit of history about us both is we were both previously married to men. Uh, so we both have experience with um, my, my part, my husband rather was a um, fellow gainer um, I'm sure he's still on uh, Grommer somewhere, but I, I don't, he, I blocked him, so I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, but, it, you know, we, we met on Bigger City years and years and years, years ago, and we were together for about eight years. We were married for about two of those years, and Drew um, was also married, so we sort of bonded over our shared trauma <laughs> with that at the very beginning. Uh, we neither of us were each other's rebound. Uh, both of us were actually still married at the time because um, in in various states the laws are different for, for divorce, and you have to have a waiting period before you can actually of of living in two separate uh, addresses, and you have to be able to prove that you are living apart uh, before you can even apply for a, a divorce. So there was there was that, and we um, so I was going from a relationship where that was sort of how it originated to a relationship where I had to have this moment of coming out of the fridge, you know, uh, to Drew. And um, luckily it, it, you know, fate helped me do it automatically. But the, um, so with our relationship, I think communication has to be the number one thing. Uh, he has to know how I'm feeling and I have to know how he's feeling. And sort of at the beginning, we, we, struggled to navigate that. Um, he didn't fully understand why, if we're together, why do I need to continue to be on uh, sites like Grommer? Um, and he uh, would get jealous if I was chatting with another gainer about, you know, anything. And I had, I had to explain to him that it's, it's not just a sexual thing. That's part of it for a lot of people, but it's also I don't even know how to how to explain it. It's part of your identity. If you're if you're doing something that's not like you can, it's not like a fetish, like a sexual fetish that you can just put it away once you're done with sexy time and go about the rest of your life. It's something that sort of impacts everything that you do by being a bigger person because of this hmm. lifestyle that you lead. And so it's community. Having yeah, it's community. And that's what I needed was co connection with other people who were of the same understood me in that way. Not that Drew didn't understand me, but understood that part of who I am. 
Um, and so we definitely had some, um, had to have some long conversations and like we had to come to a, a place where we understood each other. And this, you know, I had to understand where he was coming from that, you know, he was not uh, used to having someone that would, what he thought was a sexual conversation was not necessarily sexual. And so um, communication had to be really big. I mean, that's, that's one thing. Anytime either of us are bothered by anything, we immediately say it because the worst thing you can do is let it stew and, and just, you know, let it fester. <laughs> so that's, I think the biggest, biggest tip I would say. I would echo, I would echo those sentiments. And, you know, as, as a civilian, um, it took a lot of education on Eric's part to educate me on these particular, on these particular feelings or, even what I would what I would imply as a sexual feeling or a sexual desire or a sexual fantasy was actually just an identity. That's not there there is there may not be anything inherently sexual about an identity. Maybe there is, but there that that those are the types of conversations that we that we had to have. And they were hard. They were not they were not, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to, to, to have to come out to somebody again. And so like coming out of the refrigerator and I was like, I am dying over here in my own head. Like that is hilarious. But you know, I, it's, if it is an identity, there are going to be people that are inherently against that. And it, you know, the society that we live in does not, you know, promote doesn't promote inclusivity as much as we say that it does um and we you know unfortunately we get unfortunately you know we have not been necessarily as open with other civilian friends just because it it's it's not i don't i don't really see it as something that i want to keep to my i don't care about keeping it to myself however it's not my story to tell I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm just a, I'm here for, I'm here for all of the eye candy, y'all. Like, it's not my story. It's not, it's not my, it's not my story to tell. Um, but I would respect Eric if, you know, he decided to say like, hey, you know, come out, come out of the refrigerator to somebody and be like, y'all, it's not that big a deal. Like, ch chill out. Mm. I, you know, it's so funny, Eric, you mentioned this this need to to help Drew to understand this aspect of community. And this is something I know that I have harped on since the beginning of the show. We are very good as a community doing the sexy talk and making gaining feel sexy and doing all that. But we are fucking novices when it comes to the social aspect, the emotional aspect, the intellectual, the spiritual. These are all energies in the human body that we as people every single one of us need to have fulfilled in ourselves we need connections we need culture and community and art and we need things that fulfill these parts of us scratch the itch and when you don't have that you end up feeling that lack of fulfillment so it's so important that not only do we edify that these things exist but that we pursue it and that we celebrate it because you know there are probably many civilians out there who their only impression of gaining is a really negative sexual one because they only ever see the sex. They don't know that there's more to this. They just think that everybody's like hiding in their man cave, cramming pizza and going, Ugh. 
which listen i had a weekend off it was a good time but there is there is more to the story most times out of the week you know yeah i was uh so part of that education process was actually believe it or not uh an episode of this podcast um <laughs> oh, no so, <laughs> I'm at the very beginning at the very uh, like at the very beginning when y'all had first started it was oh my god yeah we that's so, how we it, i listened to it on the way to work i was like y'all this is fucking interesting oh so the the episode was you and write a review and shit like up us and put it on your socials thank you <laughs> sorry eric continue that's not, uh, so what it was, was it was the episode, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the guest, but it was about being ace or gainer sexual. Um, and it was, I, I'm not sure how early on it was, but I heard. In fat sexuality versus asexuality, something like that. Yes, that's it. That was the topic. And I was just listening to this episode and it's just like, Yes, they're saying the things that I can't articulate in words when we are having this conversation. And so I don't think we were in it having a rough patch, but I, I was like, I just really need you to listen to this episode because this is what I'm trying to convey to you. And if he hears it in a, a different words, maybe he'll it'll click. And so I was like, please, please, please listen to this. And so he did. And we talked about it later. I think we listened to it together. Or I don't know, I think maybe you listen to it and then we listen to it again together so that we like paused it. Let's talk about this. <laughs> kind yeah, of thing. and because, sorry, I, I cut you off. Go ahead, babe. Because I, I ident identify as being ace slash gainer sexual, uh, which is part of the reason why we, we have decided uh, through conversation and everything, we have an open relationship so that he gets his needs met. I get my needs met. And, you know, he has a, you know, higher libido than I do. And so, you know, if it doesn't match up, we're making sure that each other are happy. But at the end of the day, we're both coming home to each other. And, you know, we're, we, marriage is more than just sex. And um, I think we've explored a lot of those. So we, we've, we have those boundaries set up so that we know what's okay and what's not okay and if there's something we're not sure of you just ask but that that podcast episode was part of that education so thank you guys well we're we're very honored to have uh been able to help that way because that's why we created it in the first place we knew that people weren't having those conversations and yeah. uh you know, like you said, even if you have trouble articulating it yourself, if you can hear someone else say it in the way that you're trying to to phrase it, or or just in a way that maybe you haven't considered before, you know, I, that that was the whole mission statement was to help people. One hundred percent. And just to put it out there to anyone listening, you know, take this as your sign. If you have people in your life who you're either looking to explain gaining and feedism to, or they found out about it and maybe their, their hot tank is not a very positive one. Try and filter through our episodes and look for opportunities to use it as a form of education. This is truly not us trying to talk about as if we are the most intellectual and brilliant people on the subject, but let's be frank, no one else is out here making shit, right? And so the fact that it's at least there, it's a conversation starter, or at least it's something. And let's talk about the full circle moment here. Eric and Drew were just talking about how there was some um, mis like not full information present. 
information was given and now drew is here on the pod sharing experiences participating in the conversation you know so it's like you don't just have to settle for the idea of trying to take your person and bring them from the edge of destruction all the way through to like passive aggressively being somewhat but maybe not really okay you can have a conversation and actually bring someone through to a full neutral positivity participation support love and affection around it in a way that doesn't make people feel like there has to be a a confliction or an obligation you know and i think that's one of the biggest things eric you mentioned like it is about not to be all that on an episode talking about marriage but it's all about love like and what does love look like love doesn't always look like i'll do everything for you love is acknowledging that actually we are all uh, different people we meet each other in different places I very much do not believe that there is any single person who could fulfill every single one of the needs on this human planet. I could never envision that. So an open relationship where you both can get those needs that actually do benefit you both with other people. And it doesn't have to be some kind of like resignation or anything like that. Actually, it's a positivity to do that. It's a trust as well. It's something that can reinforce the relationship. Like I have this with my partner. He's a chubby guy, but he's not a gainer. He's a pup. I am not a pup. I have a hood. I put it on once. I went bork. That's the extent of my pupness, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Slay queen. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and listen, like, Holy but, shit. But it's true. I was like, woof, woof. <laughs> Borg, uh, a growl, you know, it's like, cause it's not my thing. And you know, cause there was that moment for me where I was like, oh, can I, can I dip my toe in? Not really. I could probably whack it on and take a couple of snaps and pull a pose and look, look good for a photo. I bet you, I bet you'd make a good handler though. Oh yeah. I'd be fantastic. I'd be there with a spray bottle full of water and lemon juice, uh, with a rolled up newspaper, ready to clap a pup on the nose if they start pissing on my leg. Fantastic. Ready to go. No. Um, but that's an example, you know, he's into something that I'm not into. And so, yes, the open relationship benefits me as a gainer because I get to go off and be fed by people and potentially have sex with other gainers. How fabulous. But also he gets to go off and do things with other pups and has those itches scratched. And it's like, I don't know, heteronormative relationships are fully like, I'm going to be stuck with you for the rest of my life. So all of these individual aspects of my personhood that bring me fulfillment and joy, I have to shut them off into little boxes and put them away for the rest of my natural born life because if you ever find out about them then you'll divorce me like that sounds so stressful (laughs) that sounds terrifying so no thank you no uh eric we had we had a similar uh experience with our idea i don't know if they really would recognize it but at at the beginning before we had gotten very far he was trying to take on that role of the chaser feeder and um it was like oh yeah hey that's so hot here eat this cheeseburger and i i could tell that his he, he wasn't into it and that was fine i didn't mind that he wasn't into it i didn't want him to force force it because if it felt forced it, you know i was uncomfortable he was not having a good time and so it was just like you know what let's not let's not try to make you fit into my you know, we're not going to fit this square peg into a round hole. Like it's going to happen if it happens, but it just wasn't his thing. And I accepted that. And he needed to, you know, 
still get his needs met. And that's, that's when we started having the, and it, and it didn't have, it wasn't this conversation where we're like, so let's be open. Like all of a sudden it, it sort of over time uh, became, you know, a, a very slow conversation to the point where we're like, yeah, I'm okay with this. Oh, I'm okay with that. Well, you know, and it, and it built, it's built over time to get to the point where we are. It's not something that can happen overnight. You know, the um, sort of cisgendered hegemony look at uh, at relationships and marriage is just like, you, you know, they want pure monogamy, right? And I don't know if monogamy is really the natural state for human beings, honestly, because I, I you know, and I look at people like my parents, and they're kind of like from a bygone era, you know, they are high school sweethearts that have been together for 41 years, but that's all that they ever knew. That's what society, like they, they were the generation that was still like, we still need to conform. We need to do the things that our parents have done in order to fit in. And then they gave birth to a generation of millennials who were like, mm, maybe it doesn't have to be that way. And then the Gen Z kids came along and said, no, it definitely doesn't have to be that way. So like, I'm really um, enjoying watching this progression of how people are, are uh, not experiencing, what word am I looking for? How they're working out long-term relationships you know and how and having honest conversations about really like am i is is this how it's always going to be like it's it's like am i going to get up and eat uh the same cereal every single day for the rest of my life you know i mean you know i i just think it's so interesting like do you all remember like the 90s and early 2000s like cosmo magazine or any kind of anything to do with dating marriage relationship courting whatever the fuck people wanted to call it and it was just this ridiculous idea of a woman should always be pleasant but silent and always make sure she laughs at his jokes but not too much and always dress appropriately but always ensure that there's an opportunity to appear a little bit sultry and for a man of course you need to make sure that your priority is earning money and you need to make sure that you are a leader and you are seen as being confident and strong and never falter and make sure you don't cry and don't be emotional and it's like what the fuck is this like, but I'm a cheerleader, mm. pink is for girls, blue is for boys, fucking training people into this weird thing, as if this is the most important thing in a relationship. Nah, bitch, are you gonna fucking put the toilet seat down after you've pissed? Will you do your dishes? Do I have to ask you to clean this motherfucking house? Are you gonna cook? some amount of these meals or are you just gonna assume it's me like these are some very genuine questions and they have more to do with the reality of a relationship than this ridiculous gendered idea and on the topic of like that expectation of monogamy i think the whole why monogamous people struggle with polyamory is the exact same reason that people in society just don't think you can be happy fat because as typically monogamous people, because we're all raised to be monogamous, we're introduced to the idea of polyamory. And we see people leap to it because of course that's who they are naturally. And what's the conversation that goes on behind people's backs? Ugh, cheaters. Green, mm -hmm. disgust, dis can't commit. Commitment issues, Jealousy. disgusting. Jealousy, just ugh. I, I could never do anything like that. I can't, I can't imagine. Oh, you, you're in an open relationship and have sex with other people? Your partner. They must be, they, oh, they must be at home right this second, just beside themselves, wondering where you are. Like, 
Fuck off. Or, or sometimes they'll bring up the whole, well, if you're sleeping around with other people, what if you get something and then give it to your partner? And I'm like, well, that you just be careful. <laughs> I mean, yes, accidents happen, but I mean, if you're not an idiot about it, you should be fine. Well, that's that's part of the communication that we had, right? You know, even though he, you know, I he, he has much more sex than I do. Um, we're both on prep, um, so you know, it's it's one of those things, and it's just part of the communication to let people know this is where I am and where are you, and let's see where we meet. Um, you know, 100%. what overlap there is, because there's even been times when you know <laughs> Drew's like. You know, I've been talking to this guy. He's going to come over. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be in the garage, like working on this thing. And they're in the house. And I'm like, I don't care. He's like, do you want to join it? No, I'm not interested. Thank you, though. You know, <laughs> you go have fun. I really want you to go do whatever you, you got to do. <laughs> That's pretty damn progressive because as I don't know if I could handle that particular aspect. Like, I, I don't know. My I, I'm a cancer. So my house is kind of like my sacred space. So it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know about that part, but like, I, I totally like, I, I applaud it because that is truly, well, plus I've also had some bad experiences with coming home and walking into things that I was not made aware of, but I digress. The point is, is I think that's really, really open-minded of, of even being able to do it in your own home. Cause I'm not sure I could, but I don't even know. I wouldn't, I don't even know if I would consider that open-minded. It's just not a part of your personality and it's not something that you want it to be in your personality. And that innately is a part of you. You know, it's just my desires and my appetite are not the same as yours. And that's what makes this community pretty cool is that it's not like, it's not always about sex. And I, I want to go back to like a previous, you know, a previous question about the if we could like i want to talk about the gray asexuality um mm -hmm. go for it that was a super poignant um it kind of experience and i think it was a i think that was a quite possibly one of the most monumental pieces in our relationship that actually helped solidify us going forward because this yeah Babe, did we hear? Did we pro? We probably heard that episode. We weren't even a. Uh, were we? How long had we been together? A year, year and a half. Yeah, it was maybe a year and a half. Two, two years. I don't even remember now. Um, time. The episode was COVID new, brain, so whenever that episode came out. <laughs> COVID brain, y'all. Just time, time. Time is a social construct, like literally. <laughs> but um, that really helped. Um, that really helped me understand that the gaining community is not like just inherently sexual. It's not. It's not about that. It's. It can it be about that? Yes, absolutely. Is it that? Is it the identity of the gaining community? No, I don't. I I don't believe that. Maybe for some people it is, and that's cool. But for us and our relationship, and me as a civilian, it took actually having to have that type of conversation with my with my husband, which then you know opened up a more of a dialogue of like, y'all, monogamy is pretty fucking dumb right now. Like this is not like monogamy is not going to work in in our future what you know with with another human might that work sure but for eric and i to be happy 
and for us to feel complete feel like complete humans individually and even stronger together it, we are required to get our needs met by by different avenues and to be clear we were not married at the time so this was not a bait and switch situation <laughs> I, I think that's important. I think it's important to call that out. Like we, you know, we built. I, I I think it's kind of a testament to to us, babe, that you know we built, we've built a relationship on this insanely solid foundation of talking about hard things. Like this is not an easy conversation to have by any means. Like there have been tears, there have been slammed doors, there have been you know me walking out to go smoke a cigarette and me needing to take a break from the conversation, you know, and I'm saying nice. me, me, I'm saying me, 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 but I'm speaking from my experience and how, you know, my, how I was internalizing some of these emotions. This is a, you know, the conversations are not easy, no. but they're no. worth it. Nights in separate bedrooms, that kind of oh, thing. Oh shit. I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah. <laughs> That was me, and that was, you know, I will say that that was a very, um, that was during a point where I, myself, was learning that the community was not all sexual. That, like, that was a, pre, like, that was kind of a, that was also another turning point in my understanding of, oh, just because you're talking to somebody and, you know, saying that, you know, your, your fat is sexy does not mean that I am going to, you know, have sex with you and whatever, you know, whatever, how you want to define, we can even define sex differently now in like in the, in the community. Girl, and, I've, I've said before, I'll say it again. <laughs> a lot of times gainer sex in quotes comes down to belly worshiping and belly rubbing and like eating and, and sitting around and talking and like it, it doesn't really involve penetration for the most part we were talking about opening up our concept of like it, what does it mean to be monogamous like why be monogamous why not just be open and have that conversation and have the chance to experience more same thing with sex why does sex have to be all about penetration why can't sex be so much more expansive and in fact what if some of those more expansive again pun intended aspects of sex what if those aren't actually a big problem to experience with non-partners or with other people, you know? It's such a, a big conversation, like you say, and I do just want to come back to this moment for the pair of you and say thank you for right now for sharing your experiences because I feel like, again, so many people are fearful of relationships with civilians, so many people, so many people in our community are afraid of relationships in general. They're afraid of fucking friendships, all right, because people are terrified that the the fucking everything's going to come crumbling down at the first sign of stress and we forget that all of this comes down to good communication and an appreciation for the other person because at the end of the day why do you give a fuck why are you trying to understand this person why are you trying to learn because you give a fuck about the person sitting across the table from you and to know that you guys have yes you have like a really cute start to things but yes you've also had those tough conversations, those deep moments that could have gone either way. And at the end of all of that, not only did you have a stronger relationship, it led to that lovely engagement, which has resulted in a gorgeous marriage. And for the people out there who may genuinely be fearful that because of gaining, that they may not be able to have that, this testimony right here is the fucking proof you can have it.
And to to piggyback off of that, uh, you know, in the gainer community uh, can be really, really isolating. Um, and a lot of times that's because uh, people will isolate themselves. And so that can come from a place of fear. I feel like I can, I would not let people in because it was my deepest, darkest secret. And um, the one thing that I, I was terrified for someone to get to know about me because I thought they were going to think that I was a freak uh, because it's just so out of the mainstream. And when you open up and let someone in, you're you're not isolated to the point. It, it, when you open up and, and you're letting someone else into that that part of yourself that you keep to yourself all the time, the isolating thing, um, it, it's very liberating and, and, and you figure out that you, a lot of those fears are unfounded in, in many cases. Like you just have to put your trust in someone else. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, if it wasn't meant to be, but you, you don't have to isolate yourself. And that's what I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> we exist, y'all. Like anybody who's a civilian out there that's listening to this or is curious, like we we exist and you know, we can be more under we can be more understanding. We need to listen to we need to listen to the people in the community when they say, you know, hey, this is this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is you know, these are, these are my emotions, you know, I, and they're valid, no matter what they are, if you, if I agree with them or not, they are valid because there's somebody else's, it's somebody else's experience. And somebody thought well enough to, somebody thought highly enough of me to tell me something vulnerable and put themselves in a place where, you know, they've opened up and it could possibly, they could possibly be hurt. And it's 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 isolating and it's scary, but it's also liberating after it happens, or even it that could be liberating when it happens. And it's it's a process too, because even though he found out initially uh, that I was part of the gaining community unintentionally, there you know he didn't know the full scope of it, and so there are pieces that come out over time that's like coming out all over again. It's like, is that something you're into? yeah you know <laughs> and it, it you know there's still that unsureness do you put it all out on the table all at once or is that too much for someone to handle you know and you you you've got to just follow what your heart tells you and you know read the room <laughs> if you think that they can handle all of it all at once then just give it all over but if not just you know reveal little pieces at a time let them you know marinate with that and get okay with it and then you know bump it a little further next time this is such an incredible conversation and i think what's what the best part about this is by my by my observation of it all is at the end of the day it's a relationship like any other where how do you succeed communicate what do you give to the other person trust and understanding and why do you do it because you fucking love them and you need to give them space to speak and be heard and to respect one another. And I don't know, it amazes me that even in such progressive and queer spaces, we can struggle with the same thing that the straights have been dealing with all this time. And actually we, I know we like to, to talk about how as queer people like, mm, we're above it all. Nah, bitch, we are meat and bones and sacks of blood, just like everybody else. We struggle with the same shit and actually like, 
we need to listen to the people who have those successes to understand where the victories lie. So again, I want to say thank you to the pair of you for being vulnerable, for sharing your experiences. This has truly been fantastic. Um, we do have a listener question. Um, <clears throat> is regular fat boy sex all it's cracked up to be because the people want to know? What do you define as regular? Um, ain't that the tea? Like, I think for many gainers, the idea of sex in their head, they probably don't get to have it very often. I know that I haven't. I wouldn't have said I've had gainer sex in any kind of regularity sense of frequency. Um, and certainly not with larger men. But, uh, yeah. Is it... So, is... Uh... <laughs> Although we may not have it as often uh, with just, just us as a pair, uh, we do have it. Uh, and it it's pretty satisfying for me you know and from what i can tell uh, drew i like putting wait can we get vulgar on here yes yeah, absolutely yes i love i love putting my dick in its belly oh intercrural sex yes <laughs> can we talk God about damn it? Like, it yes like fold fucking is such a hot thing there it is there it is there it is fold. um it's so listen listen this is one of those things i try to point out to people because sometimes guys like especially when you talk to like the more typical gays are like yeah i want to have like penetrative sex but i don't want to stick it in the butt where there's poo and i'm like listen that's a whole conversation to unpack how about a sweaty belly fold like honestly so much less mess and it's in roughly the same like frontal position as a vagina if you're like one of those guys who's bisexual or like experimenting with men for the first time like that's a much more uh, I guess, baby step kind of a way into having a variation of penetrative sex. Also, fat feels fucking amazing when you fuck it. Uh, it is just designed to be pillowy and lovely. And I just want, like, if I'm going to die, I want to die crushed by a fat man. I want to go out doing what I love, which is fat men. So that part. I feel that. I feel that deeply. Yeah. Um, and, you know, regular and this kind of goes back to us having to talk about being on the ace spectrum you know regularity does not exist in our relationship we don't have regular sex that's not that's not who we are this uh, and i think it's very important to say that we are not the most eric and i are not the most like overtly sexual couple that has ever existed in the world I will, I will, I will uh, combat that and say I don't. I've never loved anybody as much as I love Eric, and that means so much more to me than putting my dick in his folds. And you know, our our regularity is irregular, and you know, it's kind of. I'll flip the script, like you know, with fat fat boy sex is literally the only sex that I have, and it's the only sex that I've ever had, um, probably possibly the only sex i will ever have and i'm cool with that uh, you know being a being a chaser like being a chaser in today's society um i think it's it, it looks it looks different than it did 20 years ago uh, than it did 15 years ago where you know everybody was the body positivity didn't exist 20 years ago like it, it, well it did exist it, it existed differently now we can talk about it it feels like a lot of plus size bear sex back like 
when I was first coming out and first like getting into bare spaces back in Perth was very like, well, we're fat and therefore ugly, disgusting and should kill ourselves. But you know what? We do also have hard penises. So if anyone wants to throw us a bone and like put up with my fat, sad sack shit body for 25 seconds, uh, please come and find me at this address, which is super depressing. I, I, I often found I was the first person to introduce the concept of like, any form of body worship and body appreciation. Like, I developed a skill to make a man come without touching his dick. And that's because he was like, for the first time, someone has like made me feel like my body is not disgraceful. And I'm like, yes, I came to you because you are attractive to me. This shouldn't warrant explanation or like an emotional dissertation. However, this is also the culture and society we've grown up in. This is the stuff we're unpacking. Thankfully, I think we're a bit further along from there than what we have been in the past. Uh, but Fatboy Sex is great. It's fabulous. Def 10 out of 10 Michelin stars. Um, would recommend. So I love that you put... I love that you put Michelin in front of stars just because you're a thick bitch. Also, because why... The Michelin man is like covered in rolls. That man is like several tires just like stacked one on top of the other. It's fantastic. Uh, the first man I ever fell in love with was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. So, you know, like I have, I'm a man with needs and they are of a spectral nature, but still fat, never forget. Um, I do want to say also real quick, thank you both for acknowledging irregularity as a form of regularity because Again, that's another thing, like even the nature of the question, people are like, what is it like to have regular sex? Implying that this listener does not have regular sex. Maybe irregularity is actually far more normal than what we give it credit. We have this idea that to be in a relationship means you have regular sex. I sure as shit don't, because my partner and I do not align sexually. We've had intimacy of a sexual nature twice in our four years in August relationship. So, you know, everyone's different quite literally different strokes for different folks uh and i i think about you know don't remember i haven't heard about this recently but you know the we we talked about the kind of nuclear family that you know exists and how you know that gen z is blowing that the fuck up thank god but uh you know, we talked. We talked. We we talked about the the traditional American nuclear family, and I'm you know I'm saying it from an American perspective. Imagine being in a relationship like that and having to literally pencil in sex, like in your like in your you know in your calendar. When people used to say that, like, oh yeah, we have to get we're we're so busy climbing the corporate ladder that and having a family and you know trying to keep up with the Joneses that we have to pencil in sex. There is no way in my mind, there is no possibility that that would ever happen in Eric and I's relationship. Like, I think that's just, that is just such an antiquated and like steeped in no science at all, you know, right. foundation you to have. As you say all of this, all I can hear is Ellen Green singing, Somewhere it's green. Just like, yes. Playing in the background, like the thought of you two chunkers trying to like fuck on like a plastic coated couch and just sliding, just sliding off onto the floor. Like, it's a very, it's a very amusing scene. But, oh, oh, oh. And if I can make a suggestion here, have you all seen on Netflix Survival of the Thickest? What? Yeah. No. 
No, oh my goodness. Okay, so do you all know Michelle Buteau? No. Plus size comedian. You know, she's a brown thick, Puerto Rican, uh, I think Jamaican, French, and something else. She's some kind of mix. She's gorgeous, thick, big old hair, comedian, fabulous. Typical brown, fat brown girl who's constantly called Monique, Amber Riley, Nicole Byer, yada, 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 right? Like, all part of her set. She wrote a book called Survival of the Thickest, which was so well-received, Netflix was like, you need to do a show. She's done the first season. It's eight episodes. Fucking fantastic. And in the very first episode, she, a fat black woman, is being eaten out by a fat black man. And I actually watched this for the first time with Tim. And I had to stop it because I was like, I genuinely don't know... If I have ever seen fat sex even represented in anywhere near that capacity on mainstream television before, I've never seen it. The closest thing I've seen that in is literally porn. So, like, the representation is coming forth, and it's diverse, and it's wonderful. So, I'm going to recommend you all watch this, because I thought it was campus tits, first of all, funny as shit. But also, people are a lot of the times fat and really hot, so... Campus tits. Ten Michelin stars out of ten. <laughs> ten Michelin stars out of ten. Taking the dog, dumbass. What a great... That was a great impersonation. Keep, keep that in. Thank you. I absolutely will. My Jennifer Coolidge impression, which I've never done. No one knows that I do it. Um, it's... it's Royals, Tim! Royals! I uh, see. I have to deal with Miss Coolidge all the time. Yes, he's very familiar. Obviously, I have a litany. There's a whole cavalcade of characters rolling her up around up in, in, in the noggin. Um, <clears throat> but I want to throw to you real quick, Tim, and I know we're coming near the end here, but obviously you've been married in the past. You've shared your experiences with your relationship. My, my sordid uh, life with my late husband. Yeah, it was, some, it was something. <laughs> it was something. It was a time, and it happened. It was a time. But to, to bring you into the end here and, you know, as we round things out, I want to ask you, and I'm going to ask this, of course, about you lovely guests. What is the biggest piece of advice you might give to a listener who's in the community who maybe, whether or not they're in a relationship, whether or not they're thinking marriage right now, but maybe, maybe they want marriage one day. Maybe that's a dream of theirs. And maybe they feel that because of their gaining desires, that maybe that they can't have it. But as we've seen, they can. Yes, they absolutely can. It it like like we've been saying all episode, it comes down to communication. And well, I mean, it, it's 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 not an easy thing to to give advice on. And like I'll, I I feel like um, how do I want to put this? So if you are in a relationship, you're a gainer. Perhaps your partner is not. And I don't know. I guess this hinges on whether or not you've already explained to them that you are a gainer. You know because you have to look at like marriage is a commitment. It's a big commitment. It's a legal commitment. I mean, when you get legally married, it is a legal joining of two lives, meaning that your income is now going to be considered uh, like both of yours. It's like everything is joint now. And if you're uncertain of, or, or rather um, if God, this is hard to articulate uh, properly. I'm trying to say that if there's any hesitation on your part, you've got to explore why that is, right? And it, maybe it's because your partner is not as okay with this as you might have thought they were. I'm trying to warn you not to not to hitch yourself to someone that you're not certain about because I did that. 
I hitched myself to a man that I deep down knew was never going to be right for me. But I was so desperate to prove everyone and myself wrong. And I wanted the whole marriage package because I had seen family members get married and have big weddings and all this stuff. And because I settled, because I, I gave up my power, because I hitched myself to the wrong man, what I got was being married in front of a justice of the peace in my tattered jeans. That's what I got. Because I didn't stand up for myself and be like, no, this isn't how I want things to go. So <laughs> long story short, don't settle. And don't, don't go into something if you're uncertain about it. Because it is a, it, and, and divorce is a bitch. Divorce is a bitch. So it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of trying to divide up joint property. And hell, depending on what state you live in, they may walk away with half your shit. So always be certain before you, you commit to something that, that big. Here's my advice. Here's my advice for the adjacent, you know, for the adjacent or civilian community community. Not everything, not everything needs to be sexualized period. Have an open mind. It's not all about sex. This community is great. I have talked to some really fun people, not about sex, about you know, the fact that I'm playing a new, a, a, a new game called Exoprimal, you know, the fact that, you know, I'm a data scientist and I love data, you know, that is not sexual whatsoever. Bold fucking and shoving, you know, putting a funnel onto somebody's mouth. Please try and get some perspective. Um, it's not, it's not all sexual. It's, I think it's less sexual and just more community could just com community based. I agree. I would say that marriage is not the only way to have a relationship. It was what works for us. It's what we both wanted. When when uh, I split with my ex, I was not sure that I ever was going to get married again just because it seemed like a, a lot of hassle. My previous marriage was two of us in, on a Monday morning uh, with, a, with our minister at the time um, and a witness. And, you know, our two witnesses, and it was very much not anything like I thought it was going to be. And I didn't think I was ever going to do a wedding again. And then I met Drew and we went up, had our ups and downs, but we decided it, at some point that, yeah, marriage is something we wanted to do. He was not concerned with having a big wedding. I, you know, I missed that the first time I wanted to do it. And he's like, that's fine. Let's do it. So we did you know, we had a, sort of a, as traditional as you can get with two men, you know, <laughs> kind of wedding. And we had a great time. Uh, there's a lot of good memories. There's a lot of good pictures. And, you know, but that's what worked for us. If that's not something that works for you, don't force it, you know, but, you know, just be open to possibilities and something you never expect can fall in your lap. When it happens, don't let it go. Uh, you know, don't don't sabotage it yourself just because you're scared or um, self-conscious or you think that they are not going to accept you for exactly who you are. If that's the case, it wasn't meant to be, you know, Eric and I have even had a conversation about self-sabotage and for Eric to try and not do it. It's it's, it's a hard con these conversations are again like these conversations are not for the fan at heart. Um, you know, they they are hard. And they mean something. And, you know, even let's say that the there's something beautiful about 
something like like a finality. Um, let's say that they're you know you two people you know two two new people are trying to see if they're going to be in a relationship. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if they know that it's not going to work? That's okay. Mm. The world is a huge the world is a huge place, and if you want if if you are a relationship person, there there could there there's going to be somebody else out there for you. What I would actually say here is kind of like what you were saying, but Eric, it is learning to know yourself and understanding that, yeah, there are plenty of people out there that when you tell them you're a gainer, they're going to turn around and go, oh, that's gross and weird and you, you're a freak. Like, you're incorrect, but go off, sis. Literally go off like milk, fuck off into the bin. Like, you, they're not for you. That's absolutely fine. Knowing yourself means being actually comfortable not with being lonely, but with being alone. Like, I love my alone time. I crave it. I need it. And part of that process isn't just being like, I need to recharge and be away from people because despite the effervescence, I am an introvert. But it's understanding that my needs as a person have to be for me. And that has to be the focus. Like, I have to fulfill gaining within myself. I'm only responsible for myself in that regard, right? But I think for a lot of people, people struggle because they think if I'm going to get married, if I'm going to be in a relationship, I have to be willing to put these parts of myself aside for the sake of someone else. Like, no. I think as what we've been repeating all day today, don't do that. Don't even do it for the person you're with now. And if that makes you sit there and go, oh, well, if I, if I do that with the person I'm with now, it means we'll break up. If that's what needs to happen, then do that. Like, it's not about being with someone for the sake of being with someone, because I know it's a stereotype and I know it's like a cliche that people say, but like, it is better to be like happy alone than unfulfilled in a relationship where you feel trapped. Like, my mum would say, you'll never meet Mr. Right if you're with Mr. Wrong. You know, it's very, very simple adage. But to me, it all comes down to knowing yourself first, owning yourself. And so, for example, if you end up with a gorgeous civilian like Drew, who has questions and uncertainties, and they ask you questions, Self-assurance means that you can have that conversation and deliver it in a way where they're going to listen and go, oh, okay, I understand. That's not a problem. Rather than if you approach it feeling tepid or feeling unconfident, which may come across actually with a bit of a negative inflection. So knowing yourself and upping yourself first and foremostly. So before we wrap up here, I just want to ask for the pair of you, is there any talking point on marriage, relationships, gaining your personal experiences with one another that you'd like to air and share before we wrap things up? So I've never had, I've never had any body positivity issues. Um, I've always been like, this is me. Hey, um, what I really hope is that, you know, if this can, if this podcast, if this episode can create less shame in the community, then I feel like I've done something. I feel like I've done something positive with my time. Um, there's a lot of a lot of shame spirals happen, and if this help, if this helps one rail thin twink or twunk, be okay with gaining in beaterism and the entire community, then slay queens like go feed them, or don't go feed them. You do you, but understand like you understood something. I love that. Oh, this has been awesome. Thank you both so much for being such freaking superstars. Holy crap. Now, where can our listeners find each of you online? You can find me on Grommer. My handle is Aria Starch. 
And you can find me on Grammar or Instagram as brave underscore heart underscore lion. So it's brave heart lion. Gorgeous. I love it. Well, listen, that brings us to the end of another episode. That's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave us a good review. Now, if you liked this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram, Beefy Frat, and Stuff and Show at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Beefy Frat at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on Instagram and TikTok at Thick Radio or at our website at www.podpage.com forward slash Thick Radio. If you want to submit a voice note, you can find the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions or ideas for episodes, you can reach us at thethickradio at gmail.com. So until next time, bye fats. Bye fats. Bye fats. Let's talk about it. Radio is a Patreon and Enter app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and mastered by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lucky Two. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Training.